Hi, and welcome to another edition of My GRCC Story. I'm Dave Murray. And Evan Macklin. And today we have a really special guest and alumni, Antonina Shachowska. Yes, Antonina, here I am. <laughs> There's an old joke from where I grew up in New York where someone's looking for directions and they say, can you help me, tell me how to get to Carnegie Hall? And the guy says, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> Our guest today started at GRCC practice, practice, practiced, and did in fact perform and does perform at Carnegie Hall. Antonina, tell us your GRCC story. Oh my goodness. I always start it with one evening, and it's true. Um, I was walking up the hill from Kendall Arts School, where my sister used to attend, and I lived up the street on Lyon. Anyway, it was a winter night, lots of snow, and I was walking again by the music building like a billion times. And I was always actually intrigued by the building a little bit because it always reminded me of Europe. So one night I decided to walk in and I went to the practice rooms. I saw all these students hanging out in the hallways and playing piano. And I had not touched a piano for almost a year after I moved here from Traverse City because I was going to pursue dentistry and I was going to be a doctor. and. All of that fell through, and then this is during the time I'm figuring out my life of what to do with my life. So I walk into the building. I don't even remember if I actually played the piano because I think I was too nervous and too embarrassed that I heard some virtuoso pianist, and I was like, oh, gosh, I'm not going to make a sound. <laughs> so I actually don't remember. I remember being in the room and closing the door, but I don't remember if I played. But then something entered my head that, you know what, I'm going to take a music theory class. So I didn't come to music like out of nowhere. I did study piano privately. I studied, you know, I started doing music since I was very little, just innately. My brother was a pianist. He was my first accompanist. I was always singing. Anyway, then I ended up playing violin, piano. Took the theory class with Brian Morris. Uh, and the f after the first day in the summer, I was like, I'm auditioning for voice and piano. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to go do this. So... I got in, um, and I got a scholarship. I had no idea that <laughs> I'm going to come to my first voice lesson, and it's going to be like classical technique. I thought I'm just going to be like, because I sang at church. I sang like, you know, what they call normal singing, and I loved uh, you know, I would listen to all the pop artists. La later, I fell in love with gospel and jazz, and I, I sing a lot of that myself now, too. But anyway, I never dreamed to be an opera singer. I never dreamed to have a music as a career, period. Yeah, I just didn't know what to do with my life, and I entered here, and I did something that was so innately for me, like eating. Like, I did music all the time, so it wasn't anything like, oh, what are you doing now? Are you kidding me? So the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more about that. Tell me about your upbringing. What ignited that interest between you and your brother? Was it your parents, other family members mm -hmm. that are involved with opera or just music in general? So yeah, not opera at all. Yeah. And we have a very big family. We have nine children in my family. My father had 12 kids in their family. Oh, wow. And I think because of we grew up in the church, we all sang Everybody could harmonize by ear. My father would sit us down every single night. And while other kids, normal kids, are like pract practicing, excuse me, playing outside, we were singing hymns. My brother went to conservatory, uh, after school conservatory, music conservatory in mm -hmm. Ukraine. I did not get accepted to the conservatory, actually. 
This is where GRCC actually, I mean, community college in America, period, but especially GRCC, because the music program is so incredible. I told Kevin Dober yesterday, like, this should be a four-year college, but then we're not a four-year college, we're a two-year college, and this is, we are so good at this, and and, and this is why it's going to stay a two-year college. So GRCC took me, kind you know, that opportunity everybody can have an opportunity yeah. in the community college, and that's what's amazing, yet there's this incredible program, so... Anybody, please come. I mean, I don't even know if they check your GPA. I mean, I know they do, but I had other degree already before, so maybe I didn't pay attention to that. We, we do kind of. But. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, you, you could take a shot, right? Or Yeah. We give everybody an opportunity to get started. You know, that's, yeah. That's part of our, our mission as a community college. We want to make sure the community has access to higher education. Yeah. So, it, yeah. it really is incredible. So here we are singing. We're made to sing. I did want to sing too. And my brother was accompanying I started picking up stuff on the piano and it was just something I remember soloing at church all the time um and I was teaching myself like I would listen to um singers I like and I would copy their sounds and I did see an opera in Ukraine when I was 18 I think when I went back to visit I was already living here but I wasn't necessarily like oh my gosh opera I should do opera never really the church taught me to sing and my my uncles on my dad's side were all kind of amateur musicians just sort of picking it up piano guitar but everybody when we get together we all sing wow and everybody harmonizes by ear like that's just a normal thing that is awesome wow that must be fun around the holidays (laughs) and whenever yeah but sometimes it's like everybody just (laughs) (laughs) can we just have a conversation now like sometimes my grandpa is like okay we already sang 10 hymns can we actually communicate now yeah because we live all in different parts of the world so So sometimes it's a blessing and a curse (laughs) so i have to imagine that once you got into it here and started your classes and singing your voice and, and your piano that they must folks here must have been real excited to see the talent that they had or did they bring it out of you um okay i definitely credit the professors here seeing the potential in me because the fact that first of all i was like oh i think i should be a piano minor and and deborah duet at my audition was like are you sure you don't want to be a major and i said well if you think i'm good enough i'll be a major in piano and voice and when I came to audition for The Voice, I had no idea. They will have an accompanist. You bring them the sheet music. They'll accompany you. You know, Ken Boss was sitting doing nothing because I didn't know that. So I brought a track. My brother recorded a track and they plugged it in. <laughs> <laughs> and I sang, I pray of you, something like that. Um, nothing classical. Like I had no idea. It was just so funny. I remember Dwayne Davis, I was in a choir and he was voicing us like first day and I was like afraid to make any sound. And I think he had like three of us sing, like two girls beside me and, and, and he stopped by, we're singing, he stopped by and he's all like, I hear that Eastern European voice. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know what that (laughs) means. Like I have, now I know what that means. Because Eastern Europeans do have a certain quality in a voice, just like certain quality of uh, Latinos have a certain sound and nobody can do the little, uh, the little uh, melisma thing 
like they can do or africans or african-americans it's complete and so eastern europeans do have a specific sound as well and so you know we have very wide cheeks and that creates a completely different resonance i remember my colleague bryson beer who went here too he told me when I would sing in class, like the class I'm going to go do master class in right now after this, um, where all the voice majors are together. He's like, I honestly would sit, watch you and think, man, she's so serious, but she just sounds so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd be like, she's got to be kidding me, but she's so serious. And, you know, I worked really hard. I think after the first year, I... First year, I was like, there's no way I'm singing. Because in my first lesson, I was like, what? I used to be able to sing everything, and now I can't sing in tune? I can't make a sound? What is this whole breathing? What is this head voice resonance? Because, you know, usually all people are like, ah, everything's like from the bottom up, and you wouldn't have a very extensive range, right, if it's not on the breath. But if you build, I mean, I'm not here to teach a voice lesson, but head voice, you know, if you have resonance, ha 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 right here then i could bring it down you see how deep all of a sudden my voice even sounds in the bottom because i'm not like trying to talk like this i am talking support and i'm so anyway all of that stuff was like what and first year I was like the heck with this singing i'm not gonna, i'm never singing ever even what i used to sing and i dedicated all my time to piano and i was going to be a concert pianist but then i saw met hd broadcast which there's a gentleman who allow students to pay only $5. I think the broadcast is like 23 or 25 or something like that. At the theater, live video broadcasted from the Met, from New York, into the movie theaters. And he, we would pay him $5 and he would buy the rest, which every student needs to go experience that. So here I go see the simulcast and Anna Netrebko, who's a very famous Russian soprano diva. I had no idea who she was at then. But I all of a sudden, you know, seen everything so up close. And God, I, I just heard the voice. And I was like, geez, like, I wasn't even like, oh, my gosh, opera. I was like, wow, the voice, what it can do. It was just so phenomenal. Like, and I could imagine then how I would sound if I had that ability. And that's what the second year at GRCC all of a sudden became different. I was still focused on piano, but voice, all of a sudden things started happening. And okay, did they see what I, you know what I credit the GRCC professors here? I definitely had innate musicality, expressiveness, like that was there and my work ethic. They, and I definitely credit them for seeing the potential because did I make those sounds back then? Heck no. I'm like, what did you even hear? Here I'm barely <laughs> making a sound and he's like, I hear the Eastern European voice. And I think what they, what they really saw, like they saw the potential. So, and they were all extremely tough on me. They weren't tough on all the kids. And what I always want to tell the students is honestly, it's a two way street. If you're curious, you, I'm always like, I'm such a student. I love learning all the time and it is a two-way street if the, the teacher is giving you and you're not bringing anything back they got to be fed too and they're going to feed you back so it is a two-way street they will give you the best they can to you and and look you you can you, do, you will not know until you try you just you just won't know and i remember this one teacher jody doctor who was here 
she said so where are you transferring to and I was like well like this school and this school I'm thinking and she's like tonight you're gonna go online you're gonna look at University of Michigan because that was my dream school for dental school <laughs> but then when I was thinking music I was like oh my gosh no way ever <laughs> there is no way and she's like, you're gonna go tonight. You're gonna look at the music department. You're gonna look at the all the voice teachers. You're gonna read their bios. Pick three that you like from their bios. If you could listen to them on YouTube, go listen. And you're gonna email them. And you're gonna say, I wanna try a lesson. I'm gonna come visit and I'm, I wanna try a lesson. She had also graduated with her doctorate from there. Wow. So if it wasn't for her, um, I would never audition at U of M. I got in, I got a full scholarship. I had a full ride for both of my master's degrees there. Um, it, and it's been, it's incredible, honestly. I So both of my master's degrees. Now they don't give those away, buy one, get one. <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine it was a, a pretty difficult and challenging path, but you have one in opera performance and one in orchestral conducting. Actually, so it's conducting, really it's choral conducting. I did orchestra conducting there, but my degree says master's in conducting and then choral in parentheses. Okay. However, I did study with Ken Kiesler, who is the orchestral um, director. Wow. So we, we get both, but my focus was specifically choral. Gotcha. Yeah. And so from there, how, how do you go from Ann Arbor to Carnegie Hall? So here I am in my last year <laughs> and thinking, oh, I guess that's what I'm going to be doing like for a living. Like all this time, I'm telling you, I was not thinking, oh, of uh, what kind of job I'm going to have, what kind of financial security I'm going to have. Like none of this. I'm literally doing what I love, what I'm so hungry about, and not thinking, oh, job. So here I'm about to graduate. I'm like, oh, I guess this is going to be my career. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny. Sometimes we differentiate that. Like, well, this is what I like. And this is, I guess, what I'm going to do. And I think this is why we have so many unhappy people in the world, because we often don't develop what was put into us innately. But every gift has to be developed then life would be too easy and we would never be, grow our character. We would never have a challenge. And then that's, you disintegrate immediately if you don't have a challenge. You don't even stay at the spot where you were maintaining, right? So hold on, how did I get to this tangent? Um, <laughs> so here I am graduating, realizing, wow, I can do something I love. I did everything at Michigan, like all the leads. Oh, I had, I won the concerto competition. I sang with the orchestra a lot. I, I mean, I was so blessed there. I got all kinds of awards and I don't know if I want this performing career because there isn't really one path. I think it's the most like vague path once you get out there. You have to build your own business. It's like you're, you're a CEO, but you're like, oh gosh, I don't even know what that means, you know. But then I had this whole conducting thing and I love teaching. I had already a private studio that I was teaching privately, piano, musicianship, ear training. I was teaching voice. And I was like, gosh, I mean, for security, I guess. And I, I love conducting and choirs. So I went on to apply for some jobs and I almost landed a, a professor position, actually. I was one of the three finalists. I did not get the job. And I was so upset. I was like, what do I do? Even my conducting teacher, Jared Blackstone, who is like the legend of conducting and specifically Coral, one of the top studios in the world for coral conducting um, at U of M. He takes two masters a year. Like he is a, wow. yeah, he's in, anyway, um, it's not like 
he's like, it's not like you can't apply for other jobs because there's other conducting jobs. Because I thought if I get this, I'm going to have insurance. Finally, I'm going to have like not week to week money. I'm going to be conducting. I'm going to be teaching voice. I'm going to be teaching musicianship. And I can leave and do concerts with orchestras and, you know, not be, let's say, an opera rehearsal for three weeks or four weeks away. And then so many things came to me. It's like, you know, when they say, like, I didn't choose it, it chose me in a way. Like, I really feel like that. I did work hard, but so many things, like, I would just sing for things. I would win competitions. I went to New York, sing for an agent, and the next day they're like, yeah, we want to sign you. And all of a sudden, like, this stuff just happened, and I moved to New York, and that's like another chapter. (laughs) But Jerry Blackstone, how I got to Carnegie Hall, was conducting with Manhattan Concert Production. He recommended me to the company. And this was such a moment um, because he was my professor who I greatly feared, <laughs> respected and admired in conducting. He, so he taught, he taught me everything. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he became my mentor. He, then he became a very good friend of mine, very close friend of mine. And then he recommended me for Carnegie. And he was conducting, I was singing, and we became colleagues on the greatest stage of the world. And I remember getting up and I, you know, Carnegie Hall, I mean, it's just beautiful in this historic stage. And here conducting and he's looking over at you like, there's just peace and I get up to open my solo. And it was just such a moment. I was so calm and I was like, I felt like I was in the living room and I was like, this is how I know I'm meant to do this because I'm here just calm. I'm about to get up and just sing. Like it was just, yeah. So that's Carnegie Hall. Wow. What would you? What advice would you give to a student here at GRCC who says, you know, I, I know there's the practical career path, but there's also this passion for for the arts, and maybe it's not quite as clear of a path. What advice would you give them as they're at that point in their lives? I think, like I was saying earlier, you definitely need to try. You should take different classes. You should you know maybe you've had a dream like there are people who end up in this business really like me i was 21 or 22 i was already a licensed dental assistant like i you know i could have been fine i could have finished my bachelor's and go to dental school but i don't know i think you should if you have this dream there are people who come in to arts for example and always dream to try something and then they try and all of a sudden somebody's like oh my gosh you have something so special. Like, you don't even know sometimes. Like, whether it's singing, I mean, look, you got to be realistic too because sometimes you can't be a violinist starting at 21. That's for sure. I don't know. Even if it's not going to be your career, so- trying something might change your life. Even if that doesn't mean you're going to make money. Let's say you have a job, but you try something you've always wanted to try and it like, it begins to speak into your life. It begins to influence your life or you even have an aha moment for something else through this thing it's worth it like don't be afraid to try and to fail honestly i've i've i feel like i have these different challenges where i constantly have to tell myself okay count the cost don't be afraid to fail because you tend to lose fear when you try things that's awesome and, Very deep. <laughs> and I know that we, we've just scratched the surface yeah. of an amazing career and singing all over the country and all around the world. So thank you for taking time today to, to share your story with us. If you want to know more 
about Antonina and all see all the cool things that she's doing. You can go on Instagram and she's at, at Antonina. That's A N T O N I N A underscore C H E H O V S K A. That's correct. And if you want to learn, follow follow in her, 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 her footsteps here at GRCC. It's grcc.edu backslash music. Or if you just want to learn more about all the other kind of cool things you can do here, that's grcc.edu backslash apply. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and an honor. Chase your dreams, everybody. Try. It's a pleasure and honor out. having you back. Yes. This is awesome. <laughs> I'd love to be back. It, it's truly special. Uh, it really is. The 10-year challenge hashtag truly happened. And I came back 10 years later to sing here and be with you guys. Thank you. My GRCC Story is produced by GRCC IT Media Technologies Department. Hosted by Dave Murray and Evan Macklin. Check out grcc.edu to learn more.